experts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Everyone is Zooming it. It's the latest craze. Why not? It's a great way to stay in touch with your friends and family. Tell you the kids have it figured out. They sh- they get on Zoom. They share their screen with a couple of their friends. And they all watch a movie together. It's like a big movie night. As a matter of fact, I'm having a virtual lunch with someone tomorrow just to catch up and see how things are going. Zoom stock has been a favorite with traders since, oh, about mid-February. Stock has gone from the mid-70s to where it sits now at around 150. That's a double in my book. If you're thinking about getting in on this, which I wouldn't recommend for a number of reasons, but if you are, here's a word of caution. This happens more often than you might think. People confuse stock symbols. The Zoom everyone's talking about is symbol ZM, and they're based in California. They have about 2,300 employees. There's another Zoom, Zoom Technologies, which goes by symbol Z-O-O-M. They're based in Beijing and have about 10 employees. That's probably not the one you want. Matter of fact, authorities had to suspend trading in Zoom, Z-O-O-M, because people were buying and selling the wrong stock. I think this is going to be a case where people who bought Zoom are going to go to boom. Okay, zooming right along. Sorry. Couldn't help myself there. Oil prices are zooming right down to diddly squat. Actually, less than diddly squat. That's because we have too much. In a nutshell, there's absolutely no demand. No one is driving anywhere. Businesses aren't open. And then you have abundant supply. The world kept pumping oil with no demand. Now we find ourselves in a place where we have it, but no place to put it. We've literally run out of storage. That's why oil is less than zero. You have a place to put it. People were willing to pay you to take it. We've never seen that before. Now, that shouldn't last for long. But for now, that means gas prices are cheap. If you decide to go somewhere, and most people aren't, which brings up another point. I'm not going anywhere. Why am I paying my car insurance premiums? Well, here's some good news for you. A number of the insurance companies are rebating or refunding a portion of their premiums. I called my insurer uh, in yesterday and asked, and they said that I'd get a refund on the portion of my premiums paid between March 20th and May 31st. Now, I don't know how they came up with those dates, but okay. The rep also couldn't tell me how much or what percentage of my premium might be getting back. But It's nice to know that they're doing something. Obviously, their claims are down in relationship to the premiums that they're taking in, right? Less driving, less accidents. So check with your carrier. You might be getting something back here. Let's spend a few minutes on the market. Not to sound like a fortune teller at a carnival, because my guess is about as good as theirs. But on a short-term basis, I think that we've gone about as far as we're going to go for now. We've had quite a runoff the bottom here, and I think we're probably going to spend some time consolidating, hopefully going lower so I can add some things I've been wanting to buy in portfolios, both mine and my clients. Remember, we manage money for a living, and I eat my own cooking, as they say. 
If you want help or uh, need a second opinion, give us a call. Number is 571-261-7670. To refresh your memory, or if you haven't been able to listen for a while, I've been saying I'm more of an enthusiastic buyer when the market gets down around 2350. That's on the S&P 500. And less so when it gets close to 2750. Right now, we're sitting around 2850. So much higher. Frankly, I think we're too high considering all the risk. I still think that will be higher a year from now, but the easy money has probably already been made for now. In aggregate, the infection trend for the developing market economies is getting better. But that's mainly because of significant improvements in Italy and Germany over the last couple of weeks. But with advanced economies continuing to experience over 50,000 new cases a day, there's really no clear sign of a meaning overall downtrend yet. Last week, we had some disastrous economic numbers. I mean, disastrous housing, retail sales, Neiman Marcus may file for bankruptcy. Industrial production, more than 22 million people have applied for unemployment benefits over the last four weeks. And that erases most of the job gains that we've made over the last 10 years. They were all truly awful. But we knew that was going to be the case even before these numbers were released. Despite all the bad numbers, the market went up for a second week in a row to hit a five-week high. From a technical perspective, the market is confined to a few large cap stocks, mainly a couple of tech names, some consumer staples and the healthcare stocks, while most of the S&P is trailing behind and the small caps have even given up ground. Usually what you see is that the leadership in the market rotates to the more aggressive names before an important sustainable advance occurs. As we entered this week, where there was only about 25% of the S&P 500 stocks were trading above their 200-day moving average, and about 40% were trading above their 50-day moving average. I know that's a little bit confusing with those numbers, but what you'd like to see is 60% of stocks trading above both their 50 and 200 day moving average before you can say that uptrend is underway. So we're clearly not there yet. The market is anticipating that we're going to start reopening the economy, albeit in gradual phases, and that'll lead eventually to profit growth. Profit growth they're expecting first quarter of next year. Right now, about half of the 50 states believe they can meet the criteria to open their economies for phase one. Texas and Vermont are actually opening some businesses this week. So let me wrap all this up for you. We've had a nice run, but I think we went too far too fast, especially considering what we still have ahead of us. If the market comes back down under, say, 2750 on the S&P, then I'd start nibbling again. At the moment, I'm favoring the early cyclicals, things like the banks and consumer discretionary stocks. I like the banks longer term. Uh, Most of the ones that I follow added to their loan loss reserves this last quarter. But if this economic lockdown continues, 
I don't think it's going to be enough. They're going to have to put more aside and that'll in turn hurt their earnings. Things get really bad. It's also possible that the treasury at some point asks them to stop paying their dividends to preserve liquidity. That will obviously hurt their stocks and their preferreds. With that said, I think those risks are priced in. Who knows? But I like the banks for the long haul. At They're trading at low PEs or what we're guessing their E's might be, low tangible price to, or low price to tangible book value, excuse me. So I think they're priced for, for uh, the risk. Another group I'd like to buy, but I haven't been able to just yet. I'm hoping for a bit more of a pullback here to give me a better margin of safety. Well, are the home uh, improvement retailers. In the past, I've invested in Lowe's. I've talked about it on the show. Symbol L-O-W. This group was the first consumer discretionary stocks or among the first consumer discretionary stocks to sniff out the end of the Great Recession. And hopefully they'll do it again. When the Fed cut rates a few weeks ago, we saw a flood of mortgage refinancing. Typically, when these refis occur, what happens is that the homeowners lower their monthly payments, which add to their savings. And, and in some cases, they pull money out up to upgrade or repair their homes. One, one big assumption I'm making here is that the retailers remain open during the lockdown. You have two big ones to choose from, Lowe's and Home Depot, symbol HD. And I'm sure you can find some others. Both Lowe's and Home Depot, they have good balance sheets. They both pay decent dividends. Home Depot is slightly higher at almost 3%, and Lowe's is paying about a 2.5% dividend. I think that Lowe's is probably the cheaper of the two, but who really knows at this point? Earnings are always a guessing game, but usually you have some clues to go on. Now you really don't have anything to go on, so it's even more of a guessing game. But my guess is, is that Lowe's is cheaper relative to Home Depot. I also think that Lowe's has more room for improvement. Home Depot is what I call the gold standard. But if Lowe's can fix a few things and improve on others, they probably have more upside. I'll let you do your homework from here. I've run out of time. If we can be of assistance, please let us know, even if it's just for a quick call. We're trying to put together a webinar uh, in the next couple of weeks where we'll go over the state of the markets, talk about strategy, and do a lot of questions and answers. If you want to be included, let me know. We'll send out an evite when we're ready. The best way to do it is to drop us an email at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. If I get it, I'll make sure you get an invitation. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. listen to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. 
Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.